In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Trader, a trader's podcast. My name is David Bloomberg, and I'm your host for season one of The Traders Canada. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition show, The Traders, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. Plus, this week, we've also gone in a slightly different direction and starting a series on Survivor UK. But today is still The Traders Canada, specifically episode five. And I have another great guest as I welcome Abigail Adams from People.com and the Whip- Wicked Unscripted podcast. Sorry, I almost mangled your podcast name there. Oh, don't worry. I mean, when I start my own podcast, I'm pretty sure like 50% of the time, that's how I started. It's just okay. there's some sort of flub in there. So it's it's on brand. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> The best uh, flub I ever had uh, was I started a podcast and I messed it up in the first three words and then I dropped a massive F-bomb and then (laughs) sent notes to the editor. It wasn't this podcast, uh, sent notes to the editor and said, hey, here's a part that you need to take out. And they forgot. And so it went out live and I started getting messages like, "Uh, did you know that you... (laughs) Kept that in Whoops. there. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Podcasting is no no fine arts. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I should also mention that uh, Abigail is a fellow reality TV TikToker, which is how we met. Yeah, it's been so much fun. It's been like a couple years of us going back and forth mm-hmm. on TikTok and Twitter. So X now, I guess. But... No, it's Twitter. It will always be Twitter. <laughs> it's always Twitter. Yes. But uh, but yeah, and it's been super fun. So I'm like glad we finally get to do this together. Yes. One. Yes. Now, how have you been uh, enjoying the Traders Canada? Um, it's great, honestly. Um, one of the only like my first introduction to the show in general was traders us mm-hmm. um and so i really was interested to see how this format of having um only eight um traders be from reality television and then mm-hmm. have the other 12 be uh not recruits but be right. uh normal people yeah and i thought that was kind of a risky move at first but from the way it's playing out i'm really enjoying it so far it seems to be a healthy balance mm-hmm. uh, the people they've cast so far are perfect i mean koozie you couldn't ask in my oh, opinion, yeah. for much yes. more <laughs> like i saw her on the cast and i was like done traitor she's gonna win this she could walk away i mean <laughs> definitely some questions now but yes, like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. but still so entertaining everything I've, i could ask for in a season yeah. And what seems to be happening is different from some of the other seasons of mixed casts, which is they are uh, the so-called normal people are willing to go after the uh, celebrities. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll we'll talk about one now. You know, they're not following along as much as has happened in some other seasons. When I did my 
interview with Melissa B. She said, I love Kevin, but I I was, you know, ready to kill him. So, you know, it's just understandable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, before we go too much further here, let's uh, set up the fan favorite trade our traitor game. You are aware of this, but in case anybody else is listening who isn't, uh, we will each lie to each other once during the podcast. The lie can be big or small about the traders, yourself, or anything else, as long as it is a complete fabrication. However, we are looking for fake facts, not opinions. Uh, like, I can't say that, uh, well, I, I I forgot to come up with a, a fake lie to say that I wasn't going to say. But uh, this is, you know, last time I said I... I <laughs> wish I, I i couldn't say i wish i were that uh, kate would have won the traders us because i really did not like kate uh but uh if there's a number involved as i have mentioned it needs to be in order of magnitude so i can't say that i have uh six pages of notes when i have seven i would have to say that i have 70 pages of notes and you'd be like really david that's a little too detail oriented uh, so then at the end of the episode, we'll put our trader hunting skills to the test and see if we can detect each other's lie. Are you ready to betray me? I hope so. Oh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, our game begins now. And so does the episode. We start episode five where episode four left off on an annoying cliffhanger in the middle of the votes at the round table. Now, as a reminder, Rick and Mary had voted Travon, Crystal voted May, May and Travon voted Rick. Next up is Kevin, who told us in confessional last week, a rather amusing confessional, that he didn't think Travon was a traitor, but just the worst faithful ever. Uh, he tones that down a little bit while making his vote, saying Travon is either a traitor or an out of control faithful. Uh, Gurleen votes Rick. Fierce listens to their traitor detector ring and votes Rick. And then so do Mike, Rick. Sorry, obviously Rick doesn't. Mike, Leroy, Tom, Mickey, Koozie, and very psychic Donna. So my prediction from last week was correct. And Rick really was a temp in this game, not making it halfway through the season. And I'm very annoyed that Kareen made the same Rick the Temp joke that I did after I had already written it in my notes. <laughs> I was going to say, I heard that and I was just like, damn, it stole that line right yeah. from <laughs> I had already written it in my notes. I wasn't letting her take that from me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was I'm, I'm not surprised, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, he he. <sighs> Rick seemed to, he said he was like he loved the game, but it didn't seem like he was nearly as invested as nearly everybody else. Um, so or maybe he was too invested, like true. You know, I think he just really got into it and was super trader hunting and everything else. And I think he was a little too invested in the concept that the host promotes yes. rather than the game. Exactly. That's and that's what I found was like a really interesting um, mismatch in the way he played the game because he was so I mean, some of the things he did, it's like if you're such a fan of the game, you would think that mm -hmm. this would be um, a really big mistake. Like the way he's going after somebody that he thinks is a traitor. It's like this is not how you yes. approach it when it comes to how he was approaching my and it's like that is not. Uh, I mean, you can do it if that's how you think that mm -hmm. you're going to you're going to get a traitor out of the game. But um, clearly someone hasn't studied the strategy very much. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, we see that a lot. We we see people on Survivor, Big Brother. They say they're fans of the game and then they get in there and no, they were fans of the show. Yes. Not the game. And you see that a lot. I mean, Big Brother is, you know, it's a a key place for that where they don't really understand the strategy. They watched the show and even on Survivor. I mean, we had, you know, two quits this season on Survivor from people who said they were and, you know, you know, they were fans of the, the game, fans of the show, but it just wasn't what they thought. And so and even without quits, we frequently see people just not playing the right way. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, you know, Rick gets up, announces to everyone he's a faithful. Fierce is shocked. Uh, Mary is like, yeah, told you so. Uh, and then Rick, to us, blames the traitors 
for getting people talking about him. But really, Rick, the traders didn't have to do a whole lot of work. You you mostly did their work for them. And then the faithfuls just, you know, latched on to you because you were doing things like strongly going after Colin. Yeah, outside of outside of Mel B, I mean, everybody's done a really good job of putting I mean, even including Mel B, done mm-hmm. a really good job of putting the target on their own back. You know yes. what I mean? The the traders haven't had to do much this season in terms of because like and we'll talk about it, obviously, later. Mm-hmm. But Kuzi's just kind of like like, do I really need to put in this effort right. to try and get this person <laughs> out or do I just let them do it on their own? Because clearly they're and it's insane how it's like all of these things that the traders are like, all right. I think it might be time to go for this person. The faithfuls are already mm-hmm. like one step ahead of them. It's like their hands are fairly clean at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. They just keep knocking each other off. I mean, it's not uh, Australian season two levels of uh, faithful behavior yet, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close. Yeah. Uh, so after the vote, uh, Travon gives us an emotional confessional about how frustrated he is. He can't trust his reads. Everything he's done has been wrong. I I mean, he's right about all those things, but at least he sees that because some previous faithfuls in other seasons, including one I might have just mentioned, have been at least as wrong as him and always kept their confidence level high. Like it didn't matter. They could have gotten eight in a row wrong, but damn it, they were sure about the ninth one. Yeah, it's. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was. (laughs) So up to Trader's Tower we go. Uh, We saw some previews last week that suggested to me that Kuzi and Mike would recruit. But there is zero discussion of that, which means it must happen at the end of the episode instead of the beginning, you know, because they snuck two of them in here. Thanks to leaving us on a cliffhanger. Those tricky editors. Gotta love the this edit. I mean, I don't mind having a to be continued if it's going to have some sort of like epic climax at the end. Um, And I, I mean, me it's just it felt like to do it for rick <laughs> it just didn't feel like it fit um in i think terms they wanted of, like, rick on one more looked for sorry i think they wanted rick on oh, one more good. episode yeah well that's a good point too um <laughs> and then also i mean it did set up a nice way for them to enter this upcoming episode so mm-hmm. i don't think editing wise it was a bad choice it's just as a fan i'm like do a to be continued when i want one you yes know? yes And also, I felt that as we'll talk about through the episode now, maybe there wasn't much material in this episode, but it was definitely shortened, you know, like there was sure we'll we'll get there. But like there was no discussion between the car ride and going to the armory. It was like, boom, we're there. Magic. And, you know, okay, uh, you know, I guess nothing important happened during that time, but we're not there yet. Uh, Koozie in the tower brings up Kevin because he's been so strong minded. Crystal has been a little suspicious of Koozie and very suspicious of Mike. <coughs> Excuse me. And then uh, Fierce is on the list as well. So who were you thinking in that moment was going? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I thought Crystal really was like the way that Crystal had started coming on to um both mike and koozie mm-hmm. i thought the way that koozie started picking up on that just the immediately the way she started discussing crystal i was like um especially with how strong-minded she can be when she wants somebody out i was like ooh, that seems for <laughs> pun intended seems like a death sentence for her <laughs> so um but i i mean i thought originally when kevin was brought because kevin was the first person i was mm-hmm. like oh yikes and then as soon as she brought up crystal i was like oh no double yikes that's it never mind <laughs> <laughs> so they fooled me with the first one, but like um I, I I was questioning whether it was the right move. Um I still wonder right now if it was the right move. Right. Yeah. Because Crystal was a part of uh Koozie's team and Koozie walked in with the shield. So um the whole plan was okay, we're gonna protect the whole red team. And ultimately, um, Koozie was like, maybe I'm just gonna take a shot at somebody on my own team and I don't care. And was it the right move? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And well, let, let's get through breakfast and then because the trader or the, the faithful themselves had some thoughts on that. So we go through breakfast. Uh, Donna, May, and Leroy come in first, then Mary, Dom, Melissa, Gerline, and Kevin join them. So that answers one part of the question. Uh, Kevin tells us he's been solidly with one group, but he wants to make a game move and get closer to Donna, Mickey and Melissa. Uh, Mike enters with a 
Flourish of Flash Paper, which I reenacted for Halloween on my Twitter and Instagram. If you if you want to see that. So go check those out. Uh, May points out to him that everybody from the team that didn't get the armory visit is there except Travon, meaning if Travon ends up walking in, the traders may have targeted someone who might have had the shield, as you know we were just talking about. Koozie joins them, as does Fierce, uh, who who says they hate Kevin. Now, my initial guess was that Fierce hated Kevin because Kevin didn't uh, uh, save Fierce a seat at breakfast uh, next to him. You know, I mean, that that was the most obvious to me. But it turns out it was actually game related. Uh, you know, Kevin tells others that if he had led the charge at the round table, that was wrong, like Fierce had done. He'd come in with a humble attitude, not being pissed for no apparent reason. Yeah, that's you, Kevin, not Fierce. Um, Trevon, of course, comes in. So that means Crystal is gone. And as you said, hmm, the traitors, you know, there might have been a traitor amongst the group who got the shield. And yeah, this was, you know, it, it is like you said, it, it's always a risky move. We've seen it happen once before on a different international season when the numbers were much lower. And like it was almost a 50-50 shot, I think. And they got it wrong. This time, you know, the numbers are at least still large enough that you could see the traders, you know, taking that shot. I still think it was a, a bad move, but, you know, I, I think that they weighed out their options and decided that getting rid of Crystal was more important than worrying about, well, they're going to know that one of us was on on this team. I feel like that was the big oversight here. And I feel like maybe it was because they felt so threatened for because this is definitely, I think, the most they felt threatened mm -hmm. um, since the game began. And I feel like they definitely let their fear kind of take control in this decision. And I don't think that that's necessarily wrong because they were looking at Kevin, too, you know, out of fear for right. their own games. But Kevin was on a different team, you know, so it's it's interesting to see. I wish we could know a little bit more behind that decision making, because mm -hmm. um, that was one of the things when I when I first saw it, I was like, not the worst decision, I guess. But as the episode went on, I was like, "Ooh, no, uh, the, the, it was such a glaring mistake. And, and it makes me concerned for both of their games at this. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is the interesting part is that although Crystal was vocal about who she suspected, especially being Mike. In this episode, at least, we didn't see anyone bring that up. Now, maybe yep. it'll happen next week because we've seen that. You know, we saw that uh, with Melissa. We saw that with uh, even Rick, where there, the suspicion would rise in one episode and then it would fall another episode and then people would remember again and pick it up the next episode. Of course, probably it's always in the background, but if it's not important to the ending of each episode then you know they leave it out maybe they stick it in at the you know they, they move it around a little in the edit there yeah so, i noticed that as well yeah so melissa talks to trevon and doesn't think may is a traitor but does believe mary is uh, trevon being trevon of course starts analyzing mary's behavior to find find clues that support this incorrect premise uh, and Melissa also talks to Leroy with the same idea. And this is sort of the kind of. Uh, well, it's called anomaly hunting when you're uh, looking at like scientific papers and, and the things. And that's what it is. It's like, OK, if you get it in your mind that someone's a traitor, you can find things that in your mind make them a traitor that you wouldn't normally have ha have said. Uh, it's kind of like Melissa said when she was about to be banished. She said, you're just looking for things that make you think I'm a traitor, not things that make you think I'm a faithful, uh, which, as we said at the time, yes, <laughs> that's true. That's what they that do. That is the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so we finally get to hear why Fierce is so mad at Kevin. It's for changing his vote at the roundtable and making Fierce look bad. Sorry, Fierce, you made yourself <sighs> look bad uh, by targeting the, the wrong person. Yeah. And, you know, Kevin goes into this whole spiel like we can't be in lockstep and and, you know, we've got to separate. But Fierce isn't happy about that and mentally kicks Kevin out of their alliance. 
it's funny because they just made that decision on their own they're just like it's over and it's like says who says yeah. you yeah <laughs> you know um and it you know watching these first few episodes they seemed like a really dynamic duo it was such an abrupt change mm-hmm. um and i mean really detrimental to to fierce's game i don't know what they were thinking i understand being upset um just like abysmal gameplay because yeah. it's just like what do you think is gonna happen when you react this way to your number one yeah so i don't I, I, when i saw that my i still have to pick up my jaw from the floor sometimes because it's just like i don't understand i get being upset but it just totally the wrong move yeah yeah 100 percent uh, now, Kevin has been holding back his own opinions mostly, but uh, goes to Gerline, which is funny because Gerline was someone in the alliance that, you know, Fierce supposedly kicked Kevin out of. But uh, <laughs> so he so Kevin thinks Mary is a traitor, but they shouldn't target her so they can get to the final eight. I don't know exactly how he did his math in terms of the final eight, but OK. So they have to alter their games so they don't get murdered. Because his reputation is too good, so he needs to lead a charge and miss, possibly taking Fierce off the board. As he says, Fierce is so bad at this game. Um, This is the type of strategy I want to see in this game. This is the type of strategy I have discussed. And so thank you, Kevin. I I knew we could count on you. Yeah, I agree. Round of applause. Because, like, this is like a really important strategy again don't know really what, where he came up with the number eight but like it's one of the core strategies that i think gets missed by rookies or people who aren't super familiar with playing mm-hmm. this game and honestly it's it's kind of simple it seems to sit right in front of your face i mean what's how a lot of this game doesn't involve luck but in order to avoid that and and keep yourself in the best position possible you need to be on the trader side as much as like you're like I'm a faithful and I'm on a different side you have to make sure that you are on who you think is the trader side because you're going to manage to keep your hands clean as as best as possible mm-hmm. yeah exactly people you know i and i've said this before it is like when Jeff Probst gets out on Survivor and tells the players, you have to make big moves to win this game. And I sit here on my podcast and say, do not under any circumstance listen to Jeff Probst and make big moves. And it's the same thing. Every host of the traders gets out there and says, faithful, you must hunt the traders. No, no, you don't have to. Because you know what? If you hunt too many of them, they're just going to recruit more. So it doesn't matter. Hunt them at the end. At the beginning, do what you want yeah and and i think it's good to be able to say like hey you have a really bad like you can have bad reads um deciding who is more because the faithful have to make sure that they don't get jesus i'm just all over the place apologies my brain um in order to avoid being the target, you have to have what we just talked about with Mm -hmm. the trader uh, aligning with the traders. But it's important to what we've seen before, where it's like weeding out some of the like obvious answers that are obviously not the traders. I would say that would actually be one of the smarter strategies. Um, I'm still newer to the game, so I would assume that would be a good strategy. Um, But like so keeping Trayvon in the game, I mean, on one hand is good because you know he's not a traitor. He's very obviously yes. a faithful if you're smart. So I don't know. I can see it both ways, wanting to keep somebody in the house like that or in the mansion like that, mm-hmm. but also wanting to immediately go after them and, and kind of show that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And actually, uh, you know, during the drive to the mission, Trevon notes, if he were a traitor, he wouldn't be acting the way he's acting. I can't argue with that unless he's a, a really bad traitor. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's just I guess that, that that's pretty much what I was trying to get at with yeah. all of that is like it's he's so he's so obviously a faithful. Mm-hmm. And it's just like at what at that point, what is your best move with him? Um, because as a faithful or as a traitor? Both. Yeah. I mean, as a faithful, it depends because if he is, I mean, we, I have, there have been other seasons where someone has purposely voted off someone they knew to be a faithful just because they were causing too many fights in the house. Yeah. Yep. They were causing too much ruckus. And it's like, nope, you, you're probably a faithful, but we need to get you out of here. 
Um, so if he keeps doing that and distracting people, then it may be best just to get rid of him. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, leave him in there. Right. See if you can get him on, you know, kind of like Melissa is trying to do. See if you can rope him in. Now she's roping him in to target the wrong person, you know, but. (laughs) That's where I sit where it's like, I guess on one hand, it can be really helpful to have somebody like him in the game. But on the other hand, it's like, please get out. Please, you are causing too much chaos. Yeah. And to some degree, that's not going to be helpful when you do need to get down the line and um, track down. The, the traders because like right now it, like you said it's not necessarily the biggest deal when you're not getting a trader out every time would you like to be nailing the mm-hmm. traders every time of course you do um but it, it i feel like in especially a game like this where you're halfway through the game and still two traders left that their names have kind of been thrown out but they're mm-hmm. not under high suspicion right um it's kind of an interesting strategy, and I f- I'm going to be curious to see which route they wind up taking moving forward. Yeah, I want to see. So this is like next level trader strategy that the, I want to see in the next round of seasons. Someone be picked as a trader and act like a Travon, act like just yeah. totally clueless, lie for no reason, admit the lie for no reason, just and then turn around and say, obviously, I'm not a trader. Now, it is a risky move. But, you know, if you can get past those initial uh, those those initial suspicions, you're golden because no one will believe believe you're a traitor after that. No, I think that'd be fun. I would. I mean, you'd have to have some serious chutzpah to do that. You have to literally like go on it and be like, you know, if I lose, I lose. But I just want to try. Yes, I'd be I'd be so here for that person, though. I would be behind them 100 percent. Yes. So So anyone listening who's doing research, this is what we want to see. Go crazy. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) we want to see you be the worst faithful as a as a as As a a trader. Yes, please do it, please. That's the best. Like Quentin, Quentin, or as a traitor. Can you imagine? Well, that was that was one of the things when Quentin wasn't brought up. I was yeah. like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's one of those things where it's like, well, if he's being so bad and just like aiming in the wrong mm-hmm. direction every time, wouldn't you think that would right. be the person who would be the traitor? So when we got down to that end, that was yes. wild. Yes. Ah, it was a much better end for uh for Sari than will be in a couple days as we're recording this. So. Lord, sad face. Yes. So many sad faces. <laughs> um, all right. So the, the players arrive at a church full of people in gold masks. And we've, of course, seen this uh, mission before in almost every season of the show, possibly every season of the show. Uh, one member of each team gets a clue from Kareen in the confessional. And I'm talking like, priestly confessional not like a a reality tv confessional uh and then they have to find the congregant it describes to earn gold for two thousand dollars there are three rounds with the winning team going to the armory fierce quickly gets the gold for team one while kevin and may seem very confused at even trying to get the riddle for team two in the second round team one has problems uh, getting you know figuring it out but they eventually get there Team two thought they had the right clue, but in his own words, Kevin choked counting the paragraphs. Math is hard. Uh, okay, I can't judge though because I I couldn't do that. So I, I he mean, I plays guess I poker little... for a living. He I does know. math for a living. <laughs> okay, I judge a little bit, but yeah. like as somebody who doesn't do math well, <laughs> like I can't be one to just stand there and just be like just totally judgmental of him. But I mean, that's it's rough. It's rough when you're a poker player. (laughs) I mean, they thought that uh, there was a throw in the previous competition. How did someone not think Kevin was throwing here? Absolutely. That was the other question that I was having is like, if people are going to be wondering, because he's playing hard right now, Mm -hmm. he's definitely raising some red flags for people. And it's just like that. This probably was not the best time to, yeah. <laughs> have the and I mean obviously I mean it was technically in his control but he just screwed up he tried and it's like that could potentially come back to sink his game in my opinion 
Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because Rick wasn't there anymore and Rick was the one really pushing because everything was so Rick centric in that worldview. It was like she's throwing because she wants to get me out and she doesn't want me to have the shield. And it's like, yeah, Rick, that's not in no world is that happening. <laughs> not even close. So um, in the third round, uh, team one figures it out quickly again, although, you know, team two. That they didn't have much on the line other than pride at that point. So team one was responsible for all $6,000 added to the pot. And obviously they get the armory visit. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And as I had mentioned earlier, we head straight to the armory. Uh, going, you know, as they all go through, Mickey gets it, which I think is pretty meaningless because he's not a target. And at this point, I'm still thinking the traders will recruit instead tonight. We'll, we'll find out, but, um, but either way, Mickey is just like, yay. I mean, Mickey's name was brought up by the traders once a couple weeks ago, but I mean, he's a possible target because nobody thinks he's a trader, but so Kevin starts pushing his anti-fierce campaign. May believes this is what a traitor would do. So her reads continue to be as accurate as ever. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she's from MasterChef, so it's not like she's used yes. to these kinds of games. Yes. Dear Lord. Dear Lord, these reads are bad sometimes. I, that's why it was so funny when Rick asked uh, last week, like, did you win your show? It's like, what's the difference? It's Master Chef. I howled when that happened. Yeah. Oh my God, that was a great moment. Oh. Um, now, uh, speaking of spot on gameplay, uh, Travon is feeling people out in terms of whether his name is still out there. Leroy gives him almost a brick wall. Uh, Travon tries to break through with some emotion and says he's just been failing and failing and failing and failing. So if they're going to banish him, just do it. Uh, Melissa, however, doesn't think Travon is a traitor. She asks May and Donna if they should go with the group or put Mary's name down. The correct answer is to not put Mary's name down. If you So they really believe she's a traitor. But if you don't have the numbers, you do not put her name down because she will murder you. Now, in this case, you're wrong, so it doesn't matter. But in theory... You don't do that. It just, just that. feels like a lot of these people are just playing blindly, like with no yeah. sense of what a trader would want. Like if they're thinking more as face faithfuls than traders at this point, it's like, why would why would a trader feel comfortable with anybody who wrote down their name? Right. Any single person that will automatically puts your name like you're an automatic target. So numbers are huge. And I feel like without stronger alliances, like the, these kind of, these people are kind of all over the place mm -hmm. right now. And without a, like solidifying something more, they're not going to get anywhere with targeting legitimate traders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all they have to do is look at Gurpyar. What happened? He mentioned yep. Mike. He voted for Mike. He was gone. Now, yep. they don't know Mike's a traitor, but they know that he was a one man show out there, you know, giving his thoughts. And suddenly he was gone. They think it was a double bluff, you know, that someone did it to make it look like Mike was a traitor. Well, OK, if Mary is not a traitor, then someone could still use you for that same reason. So, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't go off on your own. 
Uh, Kevin and Gurleen de- debate whether to pull the trigger on Fierce or if Kevin will just get murdered. He correctly says that if the traitors have a brain, they should take him out. He's just yes. hoping. Yeah, he's just hoping he's put in enough work to save himself. At this point, there has been so much Kevin in this episode. Like literally, you know, when I make my TikTok videos, I I went through and I looked at the different things that I was uh, planning to make for this one. And it was like, Kevin says this. Kevin says that. Kevin says this. I'm like, oh, like all of them are going to be Kevin this this week. OK, uh, <laughs> he just had so much stuff to say. Well, um, and He's such a character. He's getting quite the edit. Yeah. Like his edit is 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 definitely like something I'm keeping an eye on because the mm-hmm. way he's being played as this mastermind, it's like, is this going to not pan out well for him? Is this a potential faithful winners edit? I'm curious to see because he is just like superstar number one right now in yeah. terms of like where this is going. He's leading this storyline. I mean, it could be like they did with Erica in episode one. They knew they were only going to have her for one episode. So they blasted her all over the place in that one episode. Um, You know, he's he's been on Big Brother twice. He plays on he plays poker on streams. He knows how to play himself up and he's good at the game. So I think he's just giving them a lot of material and he ended up, you know, leading a charge. He didn't even know he was leading, as we'll get into here. But. I don't know. Part of me feels like his days are numbered or else he's going to be recruited. There's no way in hell I would recruit him if I were a trader. Oh, yeah. But I think it's it's one or the other. You're not going to yeah. have a happy medium. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to the round table and Kevin opens by saying Mike is a gaming geek, but he hasn't been playing like one. Just listening and reflecting it back, which I get very interesting and good observation uh, from Kevin. Uh, Mike tries to say. You know, he called out Melissa B, but Kevin again notes that Mike just heard it was happening and then jumped in front of it, which is 100 percent true. Kevin has a, mm-hmm. a dead on read, whether he realizes it or not. He has he has Mike dead to rights here. Oh, absolutely. And it's just one of those things, though, where we go back to numbers and mm-hmm. do you really be, want to be putting this target on your back? Are you we I, obviously he's not writing down Mike right now. He's just kind of calling him out, but it's like, is that the right move? You have to be, every word is so important Mm -hmm. in this game. And it's like showing your hand. He should know I'm going to bring in another pun. He's got, he's got poker background and he's tilting his hand right now by telling Mike what he actually thinks about him. You know what I mean? It's like, no one's saying, don't tell this to your allies that you are like, I am positive. You are not traitors. This is what I feel. If you're, if you're suspicious of somebody that's especially at the round table in front of everybody, it's a ballsy move. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to have to do this so that we don't get uh, messages or maybe we should get messages. You know, uh, tilting does not mean uh, what you just said quite. He's showing his hand. Tilting oh, yes. means being angry at the table and playing bad because of it. So, oh, so, my God. I just used I used the wrong terminology. You so you're the wrong totally good. Poker terminology, so. God forbid. <laughs> yes. Don't so, worry. Thank you for that. <laughs> you've been on social media. You know, uh, do not know poker. <laughs> <laughs> It's an angels game. <laughs> um, now, maybe he was doing it. So here's what I think. I think he was going at Mike so that he could then turn to fierce, which he does next. True. And yes. it wouldn't seem so obvious. Like he's just naming off a variety of people. Mm-hmm. And and so he talks about fierce, noting how how wrong fierce was about Rick. Uh, and and Kevin tells us, you know, oh, I'm I'm not actually looking to get fierce this time, but next time I'm just planting seeds. And he says fierce has been the most confident and the most wrong, but fierce is like, well, I was I was right about Melissa, yeah, okay, you know, once. Um, so glad. <laughs> uh, Mary goes after Trevon for his initial lie again. He defends himself by saying they need to look beyond the obvious. Uh, Leroy says someone on Crystal's team from last week is responsible. Fierce asks for the person who got the shield to please stand up, basically. And it's like, no, they're not going to. They all deny it. Uh, And then that's it. We're cut short. You know, that's the whole the whole roundtable that we see. Time to vote. As 
we're headed into the vote. I'm thinking, yeah, they're finally just going to get rid of Trevon uh, because there just hasn't been much else. But then, okay, so we start with May votes Trevon. Trevon votes Mary. Kevin votes Trevon. Gurleen says it looks like Trevon has given up, which a traitor wouldn't do. Now, I'm not sure I fully agree with that. There's been at least one season where a right. trader did basically give up um, or two, if you count right at the end. But she votes May. Fierce votes May. Mike votes Trevon. Melissa votes Fierce. And then all of a sudden, so do Leroy, Mickey, Dom, uh, Mary and very psychic Donna. It's funny. Because Kevin thought he was just planting seeds, but there was a very, very quick growing season and harvest there. Uh, as as Mary said, she has never seen anyone so proud to be so loud and so wrong every day. And so, yeah, Fierce is out just like that. Goes to the circle of truth, proclaims being a faithful and walks out with style. I mean, I feel like this is another example of like, because I, I can't remember, I think it was Leroy who just was like, you're just being erratic right now. Um, and I just feel like it's one of those examples of like, be careful of like how open, like not just open mm -hmm. and honest, but just like, like expressing these very bold emotions and being so all over the place. You know what I mean? I think that was one of the reasons that Rick didn't last <laughs> super yes. long. And I think we're now seeing it again with Fierce. You know what I mean? Um, and like, I, I thought Fierce before this was at a decent spot. I didn't think they were in the best spot, but like, right. I, I wasn't looking at them as somebody who was going to be leaving all, all too soon unless the traders got their way. Right. Um. So I, I, I hate to be the person, but it's all on them because they are they're the ones who walked in so salty. And that decision, I feel like ultimately was the nail in their coffin. Jesus, I'm coming in with all of the puns today. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> yeah. what happens when you write poetry for a living. Ah. <laughs> is there a market for writing poetry as a living? Absolutely. Okay. There is. Oh, I didn't know. Like, oh, I mean, like, um, I used to read. I mean, I loved growing up. I've just recently restarted re uh, reading Shel Silverstein because I have a couple okay. of nieces and nephews. That's true. That's so, true. Yes. Um. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. I didn't know you. You said it, and I. I don't know. Now you're going to vote me out because I said that. You know, I. I, I must be a traitor. <laughs> or maybe I'm just really bad at this game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord, have mercy on my soul. <laughs> so so apparently Kevin wasn't the only one who thought Fierce was safe this time. Uh, a post roundtable discussion has most of them saying they each thought they were the only ones thinking Fierce and it changed at the roundtable. So it it looks like Kevin bringing up Fierce's name really was it was like the boulder at the top of the hill. And he came over and he just, you know, touched the boulder and it rolled and picked up Steve and that was it. You know, all these people who thought they were standing alone in the fierce camp, all of a sudden it's like, boom. And that also explains, you know, I mean, we get a confessional from fierce saying, well, I didn't even hear my name was being thrown around. Well, first of all, if they're good, you won't hear that your name is being tossed around. But second of all, I think, I think their name wasn't tossed around. It was just everyone was thinking it, but like, well, we don't think anyone else is, so we didn't want to bring it up. And then, boom, it happened. It's kind of one of those weird chain reactions. I was surprised. And I mean, just watching some of the reactions after, like, the banishment, I mean, a lot of people were kind of stunned that it even seemed to be right. out that way. So um, it's one of those weird moments where we talk about luck and how it comes into this game and like unfortunately luck was not on fierce's side no. um so poor thing um but also just they kind of again dug their yes. own grave yeah yeah all right so we return to trader's tower uh koozie brings up recruiting and so we finally see that scene that i was talking about earlier of her telling mike that she's heard his name she plans to let him decide, uh, but then there's a knock at the door. I'm thinking, because 
I don't think production would say we're forcing you to recruit. They mm -hmm. might, but I, I don't think so. I think this is about the right time to have that situation where they put three people. What was it called on trial or something yes. like that? <clears throat> I was uh, wondering the same thing. If if trial is coming up. Yeah. And so I, that's my thought is they're going to have to name three possible people. Sounds like you think the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then my mind is going to, ooh, if that's going to happen, who are the three people that they're going to put up? Because there's a lot of different strategies that can go into this. And mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. I mean, right now they've been operating a lot out of fear. Um, and I'm wondering how much that would play into that kind of a decision. Yeah, yeah. And and especially since, you know, the previews show us that some people finally start throwing Koozie's name around. Is it because I mean, this could go either way. Do, does Koozie say, OK, make me one of the you know three people on trial so that I look less suspicious? Or is Koozie's name still not brought up and people are finally like, wow, for yet another time, Koozie's name has not been brought up, uh, including even when the traders could put three people on trial. So I'm not sure which way I, I, I feel like Koozie is bold enough that she would put herself into the mix. I agree. And I think that's why we could see what we see in, mm -hmm. in the previews. Um, even if it's done and I, I don't, I don't not trust her with this decision, but it's a risky move. Really, yeah. really risky because only one of those three can go. Yeah. So it's just, oh, it's, it's a choice. Yes. Um, but it it could be a game winning choice at the end of the day. So it could, it could. So, yeah, I don't I mean, who so who do you think will end up being uh, put there? And I mean, then we've got a whole day before before someone actually gets picked. But I'm trying to remember, I, I focus so much watching that promo that on Koozie that I totally mm -hmm. forgot to think about anybody else. So now I'm trying to think I can't remember about anybody. I feel like Kevin is definitely on the hot seat going mm -hmm. into that. I don't know because I can see like they don't want to necessarily uh, show their hand too much with him and their distrust. Um, that maybe this is the time to really go after him, though. I'm not quite sure. Um, I think he's definitely on the hot seat. I'm trying to think of anybody else. See, well, um, you think I, I think you you hit the key point. I don't think you want to give Kevin warning. Yeah. I don't think you put him on trial because if he's on trial. He could go full bore. Here are all of my suspicions. Now, he could also try yep. to retreat into a hole, but. Of course, he also thinks Mary is a traitor, so he might just kiss up to her more, and that would be absolutely worthless. Exactly. The funny thing is, he's like, I need to make an alliance with the traitor, not realizing he's been in an alliance with the traitor the entire game. Because of Koozie, because, you know. <laughs> uh, this boy. Yeah. This boy. <laughs> like, but honestly, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, I it, with that logic, I don't necessarily think they'll put him on there. I think he'll be up for discussion, though, that mm -hmm. his name will definitely be floated. Um, Trayvon's going to be probably a, a yeah. big target just because of how much attention he's already right. garnered in the house. Um, those are my I mean, I think he's the top person. I'm trying to run through everybody in my head now. Jesus, when you put me on the spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, anybody. Yeah, no, I mean, it could, it could be it my, could be anyone. My yes, could definitely man, yeah. be somebody who is because I mean, my has been a, a, another person who was erratic and all over the mm -hmm. place. And if people are looking at people like fierce and they're like, mm, time to say goodbye to that kind of personality yeah. while we're trying to win a game. Um, that really could land my in a very similar position, I think. So. Yeah. And it is interesting also, uh, speaking of uh, Kevin's, I was just thinking this as I mentioned, you know, Kevin's alliance. Rick did have a good point when Rick said there's probably someone from reality TV among the traders. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because like, it feels like that has to be the case. Am I wrong? And, right. And Kevin has not latched on to that. He knows he's not, uh, you know, and obviously Rick is gone. Fierce is gone. And that leaves May and Koozie and who else is? Oh, Gurleen, I guess, technically. Yep. Um, so 
he should really be looking at. I don't know why he's not looking at Kuzi closer, quite mm-hmm. honestly. She is the most obvious person to be a trader. Now, I know in the past, Faithful have jumped on and said, well, you're obviously could be a trader because you're an actor or something like that. And it's like, no, their job description does Please. not automatically mean that they're a trader. But in Kuzi's case, I think it kind of does. Right. I mean, Kuzi's Kuzi's uh, uh, reputation precedes itself. Like, one, I mean, I am not like I've just recently started watching Big Brother Canada. Mm -hmm. She is one of the first people like her and Kevin were two of the only people I knew coming into this. So I was like, oh, glad they're cast. But like her reputation from Big Brother Canada should be enough for you to look at this and be like, hmm. I don't know about yeah. this girl. And yeah. like, I, I love yeah. that she's fooled people so far. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, Kevin should be saying, if I wasn't cast as a traitor, then it seems to me that she should be. So You'd think it'd be common sense, but I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen people on other versions of this who yeah. are playing with other celebrities look at that and be like, nah, yeah, that's not it. Yeah, <laughs> that's and not that could it. Be. Just laugh that, it off. You know, right. Um. So, yeah, other than that, I would say overall, uh, you know, just looking at the game overall, Trevon and May still playing terrible games. Um, I, I I feel bad for Trevon because he knows it now, but he might end up sticking around longer because he knows it. Um, you know, he could just end up being at this point, he could end up being the person in the pocket of whoever makes it to the end. If if a trader can pocket him. You know, like I said, it's like the Quentin situation. And um, and so. um, So, yeah, we'll see. And and then May is just so awfully, you know, I mean, I, I had such high hopes for her in the first episode. Then she just went downhill fast. I mean, the cra- the the craziness that she brings to this is definitely at least <laughs> at least brings an entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm disappointed because like I thought there was gonna she was gonna kind of connect the dots a lot faster. And I was I was gonna be excited for a Master Chef person to be yeah. able to figure it out. Well, like other shows like House of Villains, they're not be can't connect the dots. So it's mm-hmm. like on here, I was like, come on, let's do it. <laughs> you know? Ugh, shoulda coulda woulda. Yeah. All right. Well, uh I don't do you have any other final thoughts on this episode? Um, I don't honestly. I think okay. we covered everything. I yeah. uh I think Koozie's killing it, but I'm just mm-hmm. I'm nervous for her in the next episode. L- literally That's all I'll and say. figuratively killing it. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm nervous for her moving forward because I think <laughs> I think things are not necessarily always gonna go her way as they have been. But yeah, I'm gonna be curious to see how if and how she can wriggle out of that. Yeah. All right. Well, before we finish up, I want to let everyone know about some more great stuff we have here on the Tradar podcast, both coming up and posted in recent days. I mentioned earlier that I did a great interview with uh, trader Melissa B, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, She was she was great to talk to, you know, talked about anything and everything, including, you know, her own her own uh, potential mistakes that she uh, made. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Matthew interviewed Blake from the Traders Australia. And without spoiling anything about where Blake finished up, this was great, too, especially since I think it was basically his first interview since the show. So just make sure you subscribe to the Tradar and you'll get all of that coming up here for the Traders Canada. We have still more great guests for coming weeks, including the hilarious fan favorite Annabelle from the recent second Australia season next week. And then later I'll have one of the winners from the New Zealand season plus more. Uh, So, you know, make sure you catch up on the New Zealand season before one of the winners pops up in your uh, as a guest host here. Uh, Abigail, where can everyone find you? Uh, You can find me at it's Abigail Adams on Twitter and TikTok. that those are like my major um, platforms that I use. Um, And you can also follow Wicked Unscripted. Um, That is the podcast that I host with my friend Sarah Talks Big Brother. Um, And we just talk about largely Big Brothers are big thing, but we talk about Survivor. We talk about Amazing Race, House of Villains, all that good stuff. So uh, looking forward to having some special guests coming up too. have to solidify them, but some fun Ah. special guests we have on the way. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, Now it is time to finish the Tradar Traitor game. Ah. I've been dreading this. (laughs) Did you lie to me? (laughs) 
it was so bad. Your lie? Yeah. Oh, it was okay. embarrassingly bad. I feel like if, if you noticed it, it was just glaringly obvious. Uh-oh. Well, the only <laughs> thing I have to ask, and it's kind of, if it isn't a lie, then I'm embarrassed because I was kind of embarrassed when I asked it about the, <laughs> the writing poetry for a living. Oh, I tried so hard and I added two words in there that didn't help when I said for a living or three words. When I said for a living, I'm like, yes. there it goes. There it goes there. That was yes. that was the end of that. I was so close. I was so. like, she works for people dot com. I don't think she I writes know. poetry for a living. I meant to say for fun, yeah. <laughs> not for a living. Well, the funny and thing I said you- that. I mean, if I had been thinking about the game at the time, I wouldn't have even asked you anything. I would have waited. But it just my instant response was, you know, I I don't this happens too often where I'm so into the podcast that I'm not thinking about the game all the time. And that's what just happened to me. So I'll tell you, I have zero guess. You ruined me on this because I literally (laughs) at that moment, I was like, oh, my God. And it clicked with me. And I was like, oh, you silly girl. So I need to know what your lie was. Okay, mine was pretty sneaky. It was early. I snuck it in. I said that my prediction from last week was that Rick would be banished. Oh, but actually, I said on the podcast last week that Trevon would be my prediction. Curse you, Dave. So, yes, so I, <laughs> That's uh, great. That was good. Oh, you you win by a landslide on that. <laughs> Willingly I've, I've, accept defeat. I've done this a lot more. So <laughs> <laughs> that's very I've fair. Come up with new ones, you know, and uh, it's funny because when Matthew edits this, he'll listen to it and he'll be like, he'll he'll message me and he'll be like, oh, I spotted your lie, you know, because he's he's like, <laughs> you know, when I snuck in the other ones. Uh, my funniest one was the first time I was on with him. I mentioned something about my daughters. I don't have daughters. I have sons. And I had a friend oh. who was listening to the podcast. And he before he got to the end of it, he messaged me and he was like, daughters, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> did like, you have just, those? Just wait, wait for it. Just wait for it. <laughs> That's great. Oh, God. Well, I'll definitely if I ever get another chance, I am definitely <clears throat> going to come up with a way better lie and think that through <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> I thought that was going to come out so smoothly because I had a couple of little things and mm-hmm. I was being so punny and it just if you had said for fun, enough. if you had said for fun, it might have it might have gone by. It was for a living that got me. You were right. I was I was so I don't know why I was overthinking that. And as soon as I said uh, for a living, I was like, good job. (laughs) I knew I was trying to make it my lie. And I was just like, not doing it well, because I used to write poetry for fun. I don't write poetry for fun anymore. So (laughs) either of them would have been correct. But I gave away so badly with that. So whoops. (laughs) That's so much fun, though. Yeah. All right. So there we have it. Episode five of the Traders Canada. Uh, Anyone who wants to reach out and uh, let me know what you think. I am all over social media and reality TV podcasting. I podcast, of course, with about uh, both Survivor and Big Brother on the Rob Has Podcast Network. Uh, The name of the show is Why Blank Lost. You can also find all my various accounts through my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE. Or you can find me on most text based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky as at David Bloomberg. And on the video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram as at David Bloomberg TV. And because Threads is connected to Instagram, that I'm at David Bloomberg TV there as well. Uh, speaking of TikTok, which we were earlier, especially, I post three or four reality TV short videos on all those sites every day. Uh, right now, uh, you know, Big Brother is kind of going down. Uh, well, it, it, it is <laughs> it literally. Lightly. Yeah, literally. But the number of videos is also uh, of Big Brother is is decreasing while Survivor, Survivor UK, the Traders Canada, uh, occasionally House of Villains. All those are in there. But again, still three or four per week, per day, per day. Um, Everyone should also make sure to check out the accounts for this podcast. Overall, Uh, you can find us on Instagram as at the Tradar Podcast or on Twitter is at the Tradar Pod. You can also email the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to help support the costs of publishing this podcast, you can drop Matthew a few bucks or, you know, the Canadian equivalent, since we're talking about the Traders Canada, <laughs> at uh, coffee, which is ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. 
I will be back here again in a week with Annabelle. Hope you tune in and feel free to reach out in the meantime through social media. Check us both out on TikTok. And uh, Abigail, it was great having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> we will see you in a week or, hey, you know, sooner than that, hopefully. Bye. <laughs> see ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.